Hey, folks, welcome to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Carlos, uh, it looks like you're getting a little bit of sun down there in Florida, and I hope uh, I hope you had a good, great trip down to Florida, but your trip down to Florida uh, is causing a short podcast today. Is that fair to blame you for that? Of or are you going to blame my te- technological issues? Of course, I have dinner reservations at Mar-a-Lago. I have uh, I got places to go and people to see, Sean. I don't have time for you and your, your piddly podcast. Although no, it's, my uh, name's well, on it, too, so maybe I shouldn't denigrate it. No, no, no. I don't. I don't blame. I mean, your name's first, of course. But no, I don't blame you. I uh, oh, look. We got. We got. A, we got a brief, or at least a relatively brief, because uh, we can be a little bit. Uh, you know, I don't know, loquacious <laughs> from from time to time. But uh, a brief podcast. We want to check in with what you're what you're doing down in Florida spring training. What the Tigers look like. Uh, I know you have been down there all of two seconds, but I'm sure you got a little <laughs> bit of a feel. At least you've been there a full day, so. You can uh, you can talk about that, and um, and we want to talk about the Big Ten tournament, Michigan, Michigan State basketball, just a little bit, and then uh, and then we'll get you out of here. How's that sound? What do you want Perfect. to start with, by the way? Oh boy, uh, how beautiful the weather is! Just for for the unfortunate Michiganders who are stuck up in uh, in the northern climes. Uh, I actually ran into one one person, a, a fan of the free press, uh, who happened to read my stuff. And it's like, he's talking, he's like, Hey, aren't you Carlos Menard? And yeah, yeah. And so he's like, oh, I'm a Lions fan. And, but he's lived down here in the Lakeland area for, I think he said 16 years. His name is Scott. Shout out. Maybe Scott is listening. Um, and, uh, it's, it's nice. It's nice to be down here. If you've ever, I always say this to people, uh, if you've never been to spring training and you're a baseball fan of any sort, especially a Tigers fan, you need to come down here. Cause it's just, it's fabulous. Everybody's happy. The games are are fun. You can you don't have to stick around for the whole thing if you don't want. It's cool. You can see a bunch of different ballparks, a bunch of different teams. They're all, you know, they're kind of clustered in areas, but uh, it's not too hard to get around in good weather. So please come down. Uh, Tiger Town down here, Joker Marchant Stadium in Lakeland is is really nice. Um, so uh, treat yourself and, uh, and make the trip if you can. Where did you see this uh, alleged listener, reader, or reader rather, at Joker Marchant at the stadium? I was at Joker Marchant and I was outside the, the uh, press box and I was waiting to speak with getting a phone call from Phil Nevin, the Angels manager who is the father of Tyler Nevin, who is a young player trying to make the team as a kind of a, you know, a, a backup uh, bench guy, uh, platoon guy. Uh, corner infielder, corner outfielder, and so I just I, I was just waiting out there, waiting to to get the call and you know a little bit of uh, privacy away from the from the press box, and so he kind of just st- saw me and stopped me and said hi. And I always, by the way, I love to talk to to fans and to readers and get their thoughts. And you know, it's not about me, but just uh, you know, hear their experience. Where are you from? What are you doing here? Some people make the trip. Um, in fact, quick aside is. I was last here in 2000, right before the pandemic shut everything down. And I was working on a story that I was I actually really loved reporting. It was talking to a bunch of fans about uh, the hope of going into that season and garden hires last season, I think it was, but what people were expecting and how is the team doing and are they ready to make a leap, whatever the moves that Avila had done. And, but just hearing people's stories about where they were from, some were, you know, from Michigan, um, most were from Michigan, and then I think I interviewed about ten people. Um, so it's just always fun. I mean, you know, Sean, you were our famous undercover fan in talking mm-hmm. to Red Wings fans and playoffs. So it's always fun to talk to to real people and uh, about their uh, their love for sports. 
You know, there was a time when I used to go to arenas and spend more time in the concourse in the press box, for sure. Or just this, yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's harder to talk to them in the seats, you know, because people want to watch you and you're in oh, the you way. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes I'd sit, every now and again, I'd sit, there was an empty seat, but not, not in the playoffs usually, but I'd sit in the stair, on the stairs or something. But So what's, uh, well, I know you've just been down there a day, but boy, reading our coverage, especially our colleague, uh, well, Evan Petzold for one, our beat writer, but also... Uh, our our other columnist Jeff Seidel, it, it seems like the world the World Series is on its way. What's uh, what the the, the, tig- <laughs> the Tigers can hit? There's all sorts of power. Everything's great. I mean that's true at every spring training though. But uh, what's your what's your sense of what this team might be? Oh, um, I mean they're just basically you know using the Sean Windsor you know lens to view everything in its most optimistic positive light. Um, and you know spring training, NFL training camp. You know, it's always about hope and promise. Um, I, I think that everybody knows that they're going to, you know, the nobody's sure about what they have with the bullpen. You know, I don't think they know who the closer is. Probably Alex, Alex Lang, but maybe not. Um, they just signed Trevor Rosenthal, who used to be a Tiger and was amazing seven, eight years ago, whatever it was, and uh, hasn't really pitched much or at all in the last year or two. So they're taking a look at him. Uh, we're talking to A.J. Hinch about that today and uh you know he's he's still you know they're not sure um you got an older player who's had injuries even though they were great um it's hard to know um miguel cabrera his last trip uh you know through the uh through the majors the goodbye the farewell tour um you know i think we i think he was talking about that today he got asked about it and and hinch said uh not miguel cabrera but hinch and i think he said you know miggy isn't looking for too much attention. Well, we've written about that before. I think maybe you talked a couple of weeks ago or so and saying he doesn't really want a lot of attention. And now the thing with Miguel Cabrera is he is a professional. I mean, I think he understands when he goes to ballparks for the last time, the last time he's at Yankee Stadium and so forth. You know, they're going to do stuff for him. They're going to, you know, honor him with something, some parting gifts and whatever. He deserves it. He's never been an attention guy. He's never been, uh, you know, a rah-rah guy. And Someone asked about him today and said, uh, is, uh, <laughs> does, um, is maybe, I think it was Jason Stark who's visiting. He was in, he was there today. One of the national baseball writers been around forever, really, really good writer and asked, you know, is this, uh, can this give him some juice? You know, like, oh, he's playing in the world baseball classic. That's what he's doing right now in, in Taiwan. Could that, could that give him some juice, you know, for the rest of the season? And, and Hinch had a funny line saying, no, he's got plenty of juice all the time. Except, except as soon as the media comes into the, the clubhouse, then he shuts it down. <laughs> and if you know anything, if you know anything about Miguel Cabrera, he's been famously uh, quiet, uh, uh, not loquacious, uh, more taciturn with the media. Um, that's been one of the frustrations of covering such a great hitter like Cabrera, right, Sean? Is it just he was he rarely talked, and when he did, it didn't sometimes make sense of why he talked and you know so it was always it was always hard to know more about who he was so uh he's not here right now but uh you know we'll we'll see what uh, if he can i hope that he just stays healthy i think that it'd be bad if he's you know on the on the you know il whatever the last half of the season or whatever so i hope they manage him and really are very careful about not playing too much so that he can basically see the season through so you're uh yeah no no for sure on on carrera Give uh, one more chance for people to go see him, especially around the country. And uh, you know, you're right. One of the one of the 
one of the great hitters in the in the history of the game, and certainly one of the couple of best hitters of this generation, last twenty years. Um, but I want to ask you if we apply a, a certain kind of fans' logic. Um, I don't know, maybe a bit of karma. Just the idea that uh, whatever you think is going to happen, the opposite is going to happen. So, you know, maybe the next year the reverse is true. And since everybody thought, not everybody, but a lot of folks thought they were going to get to the playoffs last year or at least compete, make a playoff run. How about that? Including the team itself, the manager, the general manager, uh, back at spring training. And it obviously didn't work out that way. So now nobody expects the thing. So does that mean they're going to make a playoff run this year? I mean, that's kind of the fans' logic, right? You know what? I think that not this year because, you know, you've got a new regime, a new general manager, you know, team president, whatever you want to call him, Scott Harrison. He's got, you know, a new system coming in, new personnel guys. Um, You know, they're going to, they're retooling how they do things. It's going to take probably a little while to, you know, instill that approach throughout the organization and certainly at the major league level. Um, And, you know, you, you still have, I mean, a big question is Spencer Torkelson. You know, they need him to hit. I think I think Riley Green will have a really good year. I mean, if he hadn't started the year hurt last year, uh, he had a pretty good year, but he would have had an even better year. I think he, if he stays healthy, this is all contingent on health, of course, but, you know, he should be primed for a really, really good season, you know, offensively, defensively. Torkelson, you know, this is, this is, uh, this is an interesting year for him, right? Because he had such a struggle last year. Um, he can't have that again. You know, he can't have two straight years, you know, just from, forget the production standpoint, but the confidence standpoint. You know, you're a young player. You're a really high draft pick. There's a lot of pressure, a lot of expectations. I mean, starting basically your your career off in the majors over two, two seasons, that would be really brutal. Um, you know, and I talked to one person, let's just say a very respected baseball veteran person, personnel person. And he thought, you know, Corkelson needs, he needs uh, confidence, you know, like that's what he really knows. It's funny because was, I was talking a little bit about the Phil Nevin thing and they were like, yeah, that's what Torkelson needs is some confidence. Um, but it's hard to get that when you're not playing well. Um, so, but you still have, you know, you got Jonathan Scope who needs to, be better at the plate you know you need you got Javi Baez who needs to be much better at the plate with all those terrible strikeouts chasing those sliders away you know um and defensively he needs to tighten things up you know I think there's just too many too many moving parts right now for them to just say we're gonna we're gonna catch fire you know um I don't think anybody's expecting but like you said when you don't expect it suddenly it's like what where did this come from the Tigers on a you know run somehow um it's baseball it could happen um but it would be highly unlikely i would say highly unlikely well you know i guess you can dream right Mm -hmm. have a summer where uh they're interesting again don't you think (sighs) interesting i mean what what qualifies as interesting in baseball you know when you're uh they're not. That's the problem. Is I don't think young they, young guys start to figure it out, right? I mean that that could be part of it. When you're in a rebuild, you start to see uh, some improvement from young guys. Yeah. That could be something. 
I think that if you have, uh, you know, to me, when I I like watching teams that are building, you know, the thing that keeps me kind of interested in checking on them is if if they're doing things a little bit differently, if they're going to be a a speed team or something or a power team. And, you know, even though they're hitting a lot of home runs that they they don't have pitching and they're losing, you know, eight to seven every night or whatever it is. uh, I don't know if the Tigers really have that kind of identity. To make you well, want apparently to there's the a lot of power, right? You you read our paper. Apparently, there's a lot of power going on down there. Yeah, I mean, in 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 Lakeland, right? Against uh, you know, double A guys against double A guys, whatever, single A guys. So, uh, yeah, I mean, today I think they want, what was escorted to today. We're recording on Wednesday. It was something like sixteen to two. Uh, as a football score, sixteen to three, something. So yeah, it's it's really hard to judge. Um, but yeah, they're. I mean, they, they do have some some power in their lineup. So um, whether whether that you know comes to bear and they can carry it through and uh, will be something else. But I don't think you look at this lineup right now and say, oh man, they're this is murderer's row here. They're gonna they're gonna be you know pounding the ball. And I think they just need. And that's another one, right? Is um, Austin Meadows. You know, he had a really, really tough year last year. And it's, there's so many guys where it's a rebound season for them, you know, him and, and Torkelson and even Bias to some extent, you know, scope a little bit. You know, it's like how the one guy that you can point to to say the arrow's up for sure. And there's no question that the, it's Riley Green is the one guy you think like this guy looks, he has kind of a all star, you know, potential written all over him. Um, you know, the rest of it is, I, I think one, one guy, you know, is Sp- uh, Spencer Turnbull, you know, um, he missed pretty much all of last season. I think he did. Yeah, he missed all of last season. The year before that, he had threw a no hitter and then had, you know, got hurt early in the season or midway through. So it's been a while, um, you know, if he can find his recaptures form and, and be what, you know, play up to his potential. I mean, that's, that helps out the starting lineup. Um, the, uh, I'm sorry, the, the starters. So, um, there's just too many, too many questions, but that's part of the fun too, is figuring out, you know, who fills what role and some guys are going to do better than we expected. And other guys are going to, you know, struggle more than we thought they might, or, or they aren't going to, you know, do well enough to stay with the club. Um, so baseball, it's just, uh, it's a crap shoot, you know, like cold streaks, hot streaks, new general manager, new system. Um, it, it will be an interesting season that way. Um, whether that puts you know people in the seats to watch that, you know, is a different question. Absolutely. Well, I look uh, and you know, I think I speak for everybody here. I look forward to your your dispatches from down that there. Sounds, that down sounds there. like I'm Civil War correspondent. I like it. Yeah, you're down there. Uh, you know, four no, or five anyway. days. No. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what you come up with. Thank you. It, I uh, it should be it. fun. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Well, listen, uh, we need to take a quick break, and then we'll come back and get into the Big Ten tournament and Michigan, Michigan State basketball and why both coaches uh, apparently need to be fired because <laughs> oh. they're, they're, they're either past their prime or they're, uh, you know, need to retire or they were never any good in the first place. I don't know, man. So, <laughs> some, some, some days fans are just, uh, they wear, they, they wear, that wears me out a little bit. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's, it's all good. Let's, uh, let's uh, get, get to that break and we'll be right back with more Free Press Sports with Carlson Show. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Carlos, I don't know that I've ever done this on this podcast, and I don't want to make this a habit. But you've been a very busy man in, in Lakeland today, and uh, normally we we you know read we read the paper every day, we read the sports section, we read each other's stuff. But you've been too busy for that, 
and we're going to talk about the Big Ten tournament here for a minute, well, specifically Michigan, Michigan State basketball. And we don't need to talk about the column I wrote about Juwan Howard, Michigan, but I did want of to at least read Of course we do. You. I want to read uh, the lead, unless you've read it during, during that quick break. No, please but, read uh, it. Just to get so, and then you can kind of riff on this and see why. Uh, in any case, so I'll I'll just read a quick few paragraphs here. I don't want to go too. I don't want to bore you too much, but uh, you, you'll get the gist with the with the first few graphs. Here here we go. No, Michigan basketball coach Jawan Howard isn't on the hot seat, nor should he be, nor should we be having this conversation. But here we are because that's how we roll in the days of short memories and long expectations. So let's start with the postseason, where programs and more importantly, college basketball coaches earn their reputations. Howard has won more NCAA tournament games, five, than any other Big Ten coach the last two years. Tom Izzo has one win in that span. Matt Painter has two. Brad Underwood, who has guided Illinois to 44 wins the last three Big Ten seasons, a school record, has two, each in the first round. Fran McCaffrey, is it necessary to do that to the Iowa fans? Well, sorry, but yeah, because this is where coaches reveal who they are, fairly or not. And as good as McCaffrey has been during the regular season, and as much as he has wanted a place where it isn't so easy to win, the Hawkeyes won the conference tournament last season, for example. He has won exactly one game in the big tournament the past two seasons. In fact, he has made the NCAA tournament six times and never gotten to the Sweet 16. Howard, meanwhile, has done it twice. He has also made an Elite Eight, despite losing his second-best player to injury, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, poor Fran McCaffrey going after Fran. He's the Kirk Ferentz of uh, of Iowa football. He is. Yeah, no, he's he's fun, and his stare down of a ref when they came back and uh, oh, beat Michigan was State <laughs> was uh, how long? Was, how long did he was, stand there looking? Oh at him? my goodness! And then he took a step toward him. He yeah. walked toward him, right? Yeah. Which which is shocking. It wasn't a technical foul. In fact, I was talking to a couple of colleagues of ours cover nothing but college basketball who thought he was actually trying to get the technical foul because he thought the game was over because they were down by 13 points with a minute and 50 left or whatever. And <laughs> Throwing it, me out of this it, game. It, I want to get out of here. In any case, so the the reason I wrote this column about about Howard in, in Michigan, is mostly Howard really, is, is because Michigan lost its last two games of the season at Illinois, at Indiana, both in overtime. Uh, they had leads in both late, uh, seven point lead in overtime against Illinois, and and then lost in double overtime, if I'm not mistaken. And then uh, they were up by twelve, I want to say, at Indiana with about midway through the second second um, second half, and then had chances to win at the end of the game before that went into overtime. And fans are at least a, not all fans, but just a, a, a part of the fan base is starting to get frustrated and wondering what kind of coach Howard is. And yeah, 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 he won with Beeline's players. And I addressed that in the column that actually he did have a couple of them, but the bulk of his players that he won with are his. Um, Transfer Portal and a couple of McDonald's guys. In any case, uh, I just I just wanted to pr- provide some perspective, right? And it just, it just makes me, I, I get it. They're, they're a long shot to get to the tournament. They play Rutgers uh, Thursday, which is when you're listening to this podcast. And um, if they beat Rutgers, they'll play Purdue tomorrow on Friday. And um, if they beat Purdue, they're in. Uh, that's a yeah. They're you know they played Purdue to three points at Chrysler. They, don't, they didn't play at Mackey Arena this year, so there's still a chance. It's a small chance, but even if they don't get into the tournament, the overall theme to the, what I had to argue in the column was that the team got better. It's the youngest team in the league. They got better. They played their best ball toward the end of this toward the end of the season. Kobe Buffkin got better. Doug McDaniel got a lot better, the freshman point guard. 
Um, even even Juwan's son, Jed Howard, started to show improvement for you. Had some ankle issues and missed a couple of weeks. And my point is, that's what you want. Ultimately, you're going to have years where you where you struggle. You're not going to contend for the conference every single year. You're not going to make a tournament run every single year. So, what do you do in those years? Do you still show improvement? Do your guys still get better? Do you show that you can develop? You know, if if you have year after year after year where you're losing 12 games by six or fewer points, then yeah, we'll have that conversation. Can he coach at the end of the game? You know, et cetera. It, it, does he need to change his recruiting strategy? But for now, he's been pretty good uh, taking and filling some some big shoes. And I just want to provide a little perspective. And all I did was alienate Michigan State fans who think that that was just a piece for the blue wall and Michigan fans who want Howard gone. <laughs> so well, Sean. before we get to Michigan State and, and, and Izzo and where that team is heading into their Big Ten tournament, what, what, what you have to say about Michigan's season overall? Well, I think, uh, you know, to take to take a page out of your book, you know, I think we have to we have to acknowledge that, you know, this is Michigan, Sean, and there's a higher standard. OK, this is uh, this is hail to the victors. This is a storied program, you know, Michigan alums or if they buy their shirts at Walmart, you know, they 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 expect and deserve more, Sean. So that that should anger the Michigan State fans and the Michigan fans equally the same way. Um, no, I think that you're 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 right. I mean, there's absolutely they played those games tough at the end, you know, uh, Wisconsin and uh, or I'm sorry, Indiana and Illinois, um, both on the road, both close games, both. Over, I mean, what was it when they played Wisconsin before that? They won that in overtime on uh, on your boy Hunter Dickinson's uh, huge three huge shot at the yeah. end of the game. So, um, yeah, you. I, I don't know what I don't know how you would I don't know how you would get Michigan fans angry unless they somehow expect you know deep runs in the tournament every single year. You know. Um, it's just it's just not going to happen. I don't think that's sustainable. So that's more than fair. But kudos to you for that. Is a, that is a fantastic lead. No Michigan basketball coach Jawan Howard isn't on the hot seat because it brings in the one of the great buzzwords in sports is hot seat. But you're saying yeah, no, but he's not. Wait a minute. I'm angry about something immediately, but I'm not quite sure what. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, no, no I, it's it, it's funny, and I don't want to get into into the sausage making part of the business <laughs> and how we write and columns and so forth. But I was talking to somebody today. I was like, oh yeah, that was kind of uh, you seemed a little irritated in the column, but it's also provocative. <laughs> and I said, well, it's funny because because Carlos, um, and and I do this occasionally. You do this more than I do, but but generally when you're when you're being critical as a columnist, whether it's sports or anything else. It's about the, the the principal players, right? It's about it's about the the in sports, the coaches, the players themselves, and uh, and or, or management, or some other aspect directly related to the organizations and the teams programs we write about. You know, you don't often show that you're irritated with a portion of people who are basically the readers and fans and listeners <laughs> and so forth of what of what they think, but that's just. That's just kind of where we're at right now, right? And um, and I knew I was gonna. It's it's funny. You usually think you're gonna take heat when you are critical of somebody, either from the person you're critical about or for the people that love them, or both. And um, but when you're when you're, I, I knew I was gonna take heat from a lot of people because they wouldn't agree with my assessment, right? So I I took a rather positive view of his tenure so far, Jawan Howard's tenure so far, and I knew I was going to get ripped for that. 
is it's always funny when that when it happens that way. You know, sometimes you can be critical and and get ripped because people love the person, but this was sort of the opposite of that. Oh, absolutely. Sometimes you're 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 it's just the nature of the beast, you know, like if you're too positive, if you're positive, you're too positive for some people. If you're negative, you're too negative for other people and uh by the way, this so to the to the readers, if uh I would say 30 comments on a story, 40 comments on on a story is is a lot. And so Sean's had more than 149 at last count comments. I didn't know that, lot. by the way. Yeah, a lot. Oh, you read every single one of them. Don't lie. No, I don't. I don't read the comments. I'm sorry to say that. It's just uh, I, I just don't. I read I read uh, if people tweet at me, I'll do I read that. If people email, I read that and I try to respond to email. I don't always. But um, but that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. The, the comments aren't really for me. They're for the community of readers out there that, that, especially when it's Michigan, Michigan State, that just want to go at each other. Yeah. And um, so that's, <laughs> yeah, that's not really, I mean, I'm sure some are directed at me, but, <laughs> but, uh, but it's all, there's also a separate conversation going on. But, uh, but, you know, look, Howard has built his team. You know, he, he did have a couple of critical pieces uh, left over from John Beeline and Eli Brooks, who played the last, uh, his, Howard's first three seasons. And then Isaiah Livers, who got hurt, and I still think if he hadn't gotten hurt, they make the Final Four that year, and who knows? But um, that was two years ago. But he, he, that his best team two years ago was because he had a, a great big man freshman in, in Dickinson, and then he found really really good transfers in Shondi Brown and, and Mike Smith, who's a point guard, and they all kind of gelled with Franz Wagner, who was the most talented player on that team, and who's really really good as a, a young player in the NBA right now. Beeline initially recruited him some, but Howard's the one that really recruited him, had to sign him. So that was his team. The year before, that was mostly Beeline's guy when Xavier Simpson was still there. But And then last year was was Howard's team. What he's done, though, Carls, is he's got, let's see, I'm trying to think, Musa Diabate, Caleb Houston, they're both uh, one-and-dones from a year ago. He's potentially got uh, one more and his son with Jet Howard this year, and Kobe Bufkin is a sophomore. They started to show up on late first round boards uh, for the NBA draft, so he, he he's probably going to lose it. You know his two most talented players again. It's hard to say if Dickinson's going to come back, but what he's done though, and he had a, his transfer point guard this year, a graduate transfer, got hurt in December, and they've missed him too. It's interesting the way he's team building with transfers and then four and five star guys who most of whom stay one year. Maybe Buffkin's going to stay two. At some point, you wonder, does he need to go get three-year, four-year guys, uh, you know, and, and mix that in? I don't, I don't know. But so he's he needs a little time to see if he can do saying. that. Yeah, right, right. I mean, it's just uh, – so so I don't know. I just think it's too soon to say what's going to happen, and he deserves time to adjust a little bit. You get to the Elite Eight in Sweet 16, you lead the Big Ten in, in, in NCAA tournament wins for a couple of years, then you get at least a little bit of leeway. The problem is when his kids graduate, he's pretty much gone to the NBA, right? I mean, that's not that's. Well, much I know pe- people say that. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I, you know, I know he I, he wanted to, to be an NBA coach, and we'll we'll see if that happens. Um, he says he's committed be, to Michigan. Would you be more surprised if he if he left for the NBA or stayed? I mean, wh- where would you be more surprised? It depends if the NBA offers him a, a, a gig with young talent. Um, yeah, like a pretty good job, but you know, then, not the then yeah, sort of yeah, then then yeah, I would it would that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I but on the other hand, you know, I, I, I believe I believe I yeah, I believe that he loves Michigan, and there's probably part of him that wants to 
I mean, who knows? Maybe he just wanted to stay through with his with his sons and have the experience. And nothing and wrong with that. With it. No, there's nothing wrong with that at all. And the college game. But you're, is the only thing that you're talking about, different. like he's building. This is how he's building his program. He may not be around that long. He may not have that well, much maybe, time. And, and maybe that's why. I mean, the the look at how he's built it. He he's built it with really really talented freshmen and graduates graduate transfers or just transfers. So I, I don't know the Joey Baker, who's a wing from Duke. I can't remember. I don't think he's a graduate transfer, but uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. But so it's interesting. So he he's literally built a new team each year. Yeah. Right. So there hadn't been a whole lot of continuity, a couple of players here and there that aren't really the principal players. Um, and, you know, he had that with Eli Brooks. So, so who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, um, I I think that when a team gets better and shows improvement and they're a young team and, um, you know, some years that's just has to be good enough. You know, I had one reader, Carlos, email me and say, well, what good does that do that the young guys got better this year? What good does that do next year's team when they're probably going to go to the, the league? And that's true. And my response is, that's a, still a university. Those are student athletes at the university. Don't you want them to come to the University of Michigan and get better at whatever they're doing and then move on out in the world? I mean, isn't that worth something? Yeah, I mean, have we just completely forgotten that? And the other thing it shows is that that Howard can de- and his staff can develop. So maybe it didn't quite work out this year, but if they have, if they show they can develop, then that's you know, at least a little hopeful for the future. So that's what I would say to that. It's the. It's almost. Uh... As we were talking off camera about this, he's the anti-Steve Eiserman. He's like Bizarro Steve Eiserman. I'm going to build a new empire every season. It's going to be completely different, but not sustainable at all. And I'm good with it. No, no, for sure, for sure, for sure. It's uh, that's it's, tough to do, man. That's a that's a tough. It's tough. It's, it's really tough to do, you know. And Tom Izzo's done the opposite lately. Anyway, he's had he's had the bulk of his team as well. He's got a couple transfers and Joey Hauser and Tyson Walker, and they're probably their, their two best shooters and two of their three best players probably but um he's had some he's got more continuity up there not as much of the high-end talent as howard has had but uh they're playing their best ball of the year too and have won what four or five i can't something like that and uh have looked good they're shooting the ball they've scored 80 points their last four games they there's the best they've looked by far all year offensively lead the lead the league and Three-point shooting. Chris Holman, the Ohio State coach, said after the game the other day for Senior Day up in, up in East Lansing that this is the best shooting team he thought Izzo's had since his Final Four team when Winston was there, Cassius Winston. So I don't know. they got great guards. Um, the center's still kind of iffy, but they're playing their, their best ball of the season. Uh, is that good enough to make a, a run? What you think? No. No, I don't think so. I mean, they they... The, the, you know, those teams are always good, sound defensively, you know, but you look at that team and they don't have a, a takeover type player, you know. Um, I think the better the teams are going to run into in the tournament, it's always you, someone you run into the tournament is always really, really good at something, you know, um, and they're, they're either bigs or they're, they can shoot, you know, lights out, they can something, you know, that's, that's, I don't see. I mean, unless they can win defensive games, you know, tighter games, um, they're always. But let me ask you this: to go full uh, uh, Mike Valeni, you know, Michigan fan, you know, is part of it that Michigan fan looks up at East Lansing and sees what Izzo does all the time. He keeps his guys; they're not, you know, the stars that that you know, not getting these amazing stars. But he keeps teams together. He develops them. You know, there's continuity there. That isn't that something that 
Michigan fans might say, hey, why can't we do that? Why can't we have these sustained runs all the time? They have these flashes. I think they did that more under Beeline, but having that just, you know, steadiness in that program so that, you know, uninterrupted winning the the Shashevsky kind of thing, you know, like why doesn't why can't that be us? You think there's some of that, some jealousy? Uh uh, you know, I don't. You mean from Michigan to Michigan State? I don't. Yeah, Michigan uh, fans seeing what Izzo does all the time. And I, I, the no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think so because, well, for one, the last three years have been the, the, the tough. This has been the toughest three year stretch of Izzo's career since the first the first few years at Michigan State. And um, and if he doesn't get out of the first weekend in the tournament this year, it'll be the first time he's ever gone four years where that happened. Right. There's only one other time where he's gone three years where that happened, where he's not got past the, the the second round or the first weekend. I guess is the best way to put it these days, because they changed the name of the rounds. But um, you know, Beeline and Izzo, when they had a five, six, seven year period, they were period there where they were maybe even ten year period where they were kind of going toe to toe with each other, and and some years one was a little bit better than the other, um, but they were both really good for a stretch, and I just don't, I didn't sense. Any jealousy from Michigan at that point? I think they used to be before Beeline kind of got it going. And the Tommy Amaker days, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian Ellis. But that's what they want, right? They want Beeline. They want Izzo or Beeline. These steady coaches who keep their players and you know. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens with Howard. You you make an Elite Eight. You make a you make a Sweet Sixteen. The year before, it's hard to know because COVID cut the year before the Elite Eight. COVID canceled the tournament. Although I thought Izzo had a Final Four team that year, and that's hurting him now a little bit, that people forget how good that team was at the end of the year, and then the season just shut down. Uh, that was Cassius Winston's senior year. So, you know, I don't know. I, I don't I don't see Michigan necessarily making the, the tournament this year, but they beat Purdue. They, I think they will. And I'm not sure about Michigan State making a run, but they've got what, you need to make a run. They've got really, really good guard play. Their guard trio right now, Jaden Akins is is healthy and really, I mean, shooting at 50-some percent from three the last month or so, three, three weeks maybe. And um, is going to be a really, really good player and starting to show it right now. So that three-guard triumvirate with Joey Hauser, who's playing the best ball of his career, and he's a great shooter. I mean, they're one of the best shooting teams in the country, and Tyson Walker is one of the best off-ball scoring guards in the country. I mean, he's put up a couple 30-point games in the last month and is routinely pushing up over 20. He can go get his own shot. It's just they've got the ingredients. We'll just, uh, you know, they may not have a dominant talent, but they got really, really good guards. So we'll see. We'll see. If anything, they're not as good defensively. They've slipped a little bit defensively in the second half of the season. And how about, and I don't, this isn't necessarily college play that much, but just uh, can they penetrate, you know, inside more, you know, down low? Can they, can they, do they have enough size? Because Hauser's their center, right? I mean, he's. he's no, he's their power forward, but he he's, and he's a perimeter player. I mean, he does post up from time to time as a nice little jump hook. No, their starting center, Mati Sissoko is, is a. Oh, Sissoko, right. He can run the rim a little bit. His hands are sometimes not the best, He but he, he's. He struggled in the middle of the season. He started off with some promise. He's played a little bit better lately. Sometimes he can look lost. He even talked about that. But he's, you know, decent shot blocker and can be a good rebounder when he's, um, I don't want to say engaged because he's always engaged, but when he's confident. But that, that's been their, their their biggest struggle. They've got a freshman who can post up some, but he 
struggles defensively in Jackson Kohler. But uh, you know, they've they've got they've got four guys that are they're, you know, as good, maybe not maybe not as good as uh the teams with lottery picks, but they're not that many of those. But they get four guys that that are pretty good, sometimes uh really good. So you make Mich- you make Michigan State shoot from the perimeter, from the outside, and if they have an off shooting night, they're done. They're right? toast. Yeah, yeah, they're toast. They're toast unless they can find their defense that night because they did play pretty good. They were the best the perimeter defending team for most of the year, and then they've fallen off. Oddly enough, is their offense has gotten better. Although I think that's common sometimes. You you start making shots and you relax a little bit on the other end. But um, but yeah, no, we'll we'll see. It's uh, it's always fun the Big Ten tournament. I know it's been a bit of a down year for both teams, but they but both played their best ball of the season last few weeks. So we'll see what happens. And you're going to be in Chicago to cover it all, right? I am. I am. I am. Is I this, am. Is so. this just, this is Sean Windsor. This is pig and slop territory. One of the, you love Chicago. You love hoops. This is just, you, you couldn't think of a better, you're going to see all your buddies, all the, the, uh, you know, well, both, schools and, are, both, both schools are there. And that's always, that's always fun. You know, um, there are long days, kind of like spring training days when you have, you know, two games in one day, then, but, uh, but that's okay. It, it, it is fun. It's a fun time of the year. March, March Madness is great too. Uh, you know, That's I, right, I, I, so. probably, I probably like that a little bit more than the Big Ten tournament. But the Big Ten tournament for me is, it's it, I love it. It's fun. It's uh, and there's not a, quite as much national media, so it's not quite as crowded as as some of the NCAA tournament sites are. Right. So if Michigan beats Rutgers on Thursday, uh, today as they'll play Purdue. Was, then they play Purdue in the morning on Friday, and Michigan State plays right after them, 25 minutes after. So you're going to have to go. You're gonna write back to back columns, Sean. How are you gonna do that? Um, I'll write during the first half of the second game. I've actually <laughs> I've actually done that before. So from from guard side, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and well, you know what? And you you miss the first part of the game because you got to go back for interviews. You know, there's just no way around yeah. that. It's 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 so. And I you know I've I've gotten to cover a little bit of NCAA you know basketball and stuff and. It is it's just a crazy hectic time, but it's really fun. It's I I remember it being. Worried about it, but there's and especially the tournament itself. There's so much energy. Uh, no, it's really it's fun. Crazy. It's my favorite, it's my favorite assignment of the year. The Big Ten tournament and the and the NCAs are are by far my favorite assignment of the year. The only thing that that uh, I mean, I don't know. A home playoff Lions game might might. Uh, I don't know what that is. So yeah, yeah. I mean, if we if we ever saw that, that could you know. <laughs> I, I I was at NBA Eastern Conference Finals games. At the Palace and uh, NBA Finals games, and that's that's a different level for sure. No, I, you know what I think, and I, uh, that, unlike, that's, that's that's crazy. Unlike pros and all that, this is different because it's like a it's like a carnival atmosphere because you have all these teams, and I'm talking about the NCAA tournament. You have all these teams, all this media from different areas. The games are just like happening right after you go to press row. Your game is done. You have a seat. You get kicked out. Someone takes your spot, and they're rolling through the interviews. Yeah, no, it's it's fun it's for nuts. sure. It's fun for sure. But I've been to I've been to NBA finals games and Eastern Conference finals games, and especially at the Palace. And they I've been on the road for a few of them. But the the noise at those see that's the thing about the NCA is they're not as loud because it one it's not a home game for anybody so the fans are split right. and um, it's like going to a college football playoff it's 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 fun but it's not like a home game so 
when you have uh, uh, the World Series or the ACLS was like that at Comerica when the Tigers are there. It's just a different intensity, the intensity of that and the noise of that when it's all the community in there. That's different. That's why it's hard to even imagine what Ford Field would be like with a home playoff game. I think right, that, so. I mean, to me, the, the the only two things that I think that I've covered, I you may disagree with this, but the two things that I've covered that I thought have a, a, that charged atmosphere from a media standpoint, but also from a stand fans, not as much from a fan standpoint necessarily, but from a media standpoint, but it is part of the fan experience too, I guess, is the masters or a major, but usually the masters um, and, uh, and the NCAA games, um, first round games, especially, or what it doesn't matter. Cause they have, you know, four, what is it? Four teams in each site. So, uh, there's just a different, um, hectic, you know, um, pace to what's happening. And, and especially with the basketball, you know, golf is like this little bit, your leaderboards, people making moves, this and that, but in basketball, you're covering the games, but all the, there's a bunch of TVs in the media area and you're watching this team get eliminated. And I remember I went to one game and Duke was eliminated by, uh, who was it one year? It was 10 years ago or something. And they were knocked out. Uh, and they might've been the top seed at the time. And they were knocked out in the first round. It was, it was incredible. It was just, you could just hear it like pulsating through the arena, you know, with all the news that's going on um, as the games unfold. So, um, yeah, this will be this will be a fun tournament, Sean. And uh, yeah, I really look forward to it. I'm uh, unfortunately it's gonna be hard to watch the games here in Florida. I know. I I have been. I used to be back when I covered the Tigers a lot more. I used to spend um, uh, a lot of time in Florida during March Madness, and would <laughs> and I can remember in the little press boxes trying to keep up on the computer and so on and so forth. Oh, you know, so hard. Was, yeah, I remember I was down there when Michigan State lost to Middle Tennessee State. Actually, got upset. That's it, Middle Tennessee. Yeah, the the yeah the, the two the two fifteen. So, yeah, that's uh, yeah. You know what though? You're in a good spot, man. It's it's pretty nice to be down there. That's for sure. That's, it is. It's, it's great. Cool. Great in its own way. It's just chill and relaxed, and the conversations you get to have with people. That's uh, there's a lot of value. It's different. In that. It's different. Even like Hinch, you can tell he's a little more relaxed, and it's uh, sure. it's cool to see people in different environments. No, for sure, for sure. Well, we said we were going to keep this short, and um. I don't know. It's a little bit shorter, but uh, but you got to get back to work. I got things to do. Let's get to that break, and we'll be right back with more free press sports with Carlos and Sean. And uh, we we need to wrap this up with a very quick favorite thing. I'll I'll start. <laughs> My favorite thing is that you're in Florida enjoying this, and it's really it's really that simple. What's your favorite? How can that be your favorite thing? Because I'm happy for you that you're down there. It's fun to do, and uh, it's it's a nice break. So that's my favorite thing. What's yours? Uh, I have a good one. My favorite thing is you're going to be in Chicago covering the Big Ten tournament uh, because I, I, I actually, literally, I, I am sincere about this, that I know how much you love Chicago. Um, we got to hang out there once uh, a couple years ago, I guess, for a Bears-Lions game. It's a great city. It's a great food city. Uh, I'm sure you're going to be down there. And I forget the name of the joint that you love to go to in Chicago. What is it? Uh, there are lots of them. Um, there's one, there's one, uh, what's it? The barbecue place. There's a barbecue place. Yeah. It's called smoke with a Q. Yeah. That's smoke really good. That's a little out, outside of downtown. There's so much good food in Chicago. No, I do. I do like Chicago and it's funny cause I haven't, although I did go through there in the fall for the lions. That was a quick trip. I haven't, I haven't actually stayed downtown Chicago in a while. 
Um, probably since the last time the Big Ten tournament was there, which has been a while. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State played in the final that year. It was, it was, it was, with the, was that 2019, 18, 19, I, I want to say. So it was like four years. It was probably Why did the you last... stay down there for the Lions game? Um, I stayed at the airport. I just got into the habit because oh. sometimes I go to Northwestern for, for, for football or what. I just got in the habit of staying at O'Hare. And um, the last several times I've done that is stick the train down or if I have a car. But uh, in any case. Yeah, I just thought it, it, my favorite thing was definitely like you eat, eating your way through the through the Windy City and hanging with guys like your buddies, you know, Matt Charbonneau and Graham Couch and Brendan Quinn and all that. And I, you know, I know you're really going to enjoy that. So uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm happy for you the way you're happy for me being in Florida. I'm happy for you going to Chicago. I appreciate that, bud. Um, well, let's wrap this up and uh, thank the people we need to thank. Yeah, we have to thank, well, uh, you know, first, the most important person is Robin Chan, our producer, and executive producer and sports editor, Kirkland Crawford, and executive producer and interim editor, Anjanette Delgado. But mostly, Sean, we always have to thank the listeners, because without you, uh, this doesn't mean very much. But uh, Wherever you find a favorite podcast at Apple, Spotify, when you get there, rate, give us a rating, please subscribe. Uh, that would make our days. That would make Carlos's trip to, well, excuse me, trip in Florida much happier. I think not that not that that's possible. Trip All right. Well, Florida. thanks, man. It was fun. Good to see you. Keep me uh, keep me posted. I look forward to seeing your stuff. Thanks, Sean. I will. You're welcome, Carlos. It's good to see you. We will reconvene wherever we are next week. I don't know. Maybe I'll be in Sacramento at a first round uh, NCAA tournament site. But uh, who knows? Or maybe Columbus, Ohio. You never know. That's the beauty of these things. Until then, though, my friend, we will um, we will uh, be back next week with another episode of Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean.